Kai Thomas is our partial intern for kids. He's already here, there we go. How good's that? And he's coming to share God's Word. So can you welcome him tonight? would be good. Thanks, Matt. It is great to be sharing with you tonight. Massive welcome if you came out to the baptisms as well. It's awesome to hear your story. Um, I don't know what you're like. Hopefully a few of you can relate with me, but I am directionally challenged. Um, whenever I drive places, I need maps every single time. Um, probably when I head home tonight, I'll probably need to pop on Google Maps to get home. Even though I work here, I work here about five days a week, I'll still probably need maps to get home. That's a joke. Please don't tell me how to get home now. I do know. I actually do know. Um, but wherever I go somewhere, I need to put it in maps. And it's like, it's not enough for me to drive there and use maps. I'll still need maps to get me home. Um, And there's been many times where if I don't have maps, I really just have no idea how to get there. And a while ago, uh, when I was on my P's, uh, I was using a TomTom because at the time, mum and dad had heard that you can't look at your phone and use Google Maps if you're on your P's. So they went out the door that day and bought me a TomTom, which was really good. Thanks, mum and dad. Um, So I was using my TomTom and I was going into the city. And it took me 30 minutes to get there, followed my TomTom, it was perfect, got there all sweet. And then when I was coming home, I put it in the TomTom again. But this time, uh, I'd been driving for about 30 minutes and I still wasn't home. I had no idea where I was, but I was still following that TomTom. Um, and thank you, Mum and Dad, for getting me that TomTom, but um, sometimes the maps don't update on there, so you can really be in a struggle. And as I was following that, I thought, maybe I shouldn't keep following this. Like the fact that I'm still not home is probably an indication that this is struggling right now. So as I was driving, I looked up and I thought, oh wow, my brother's car's right in front. I'm like, I didn't even know he was in the city tonight. This is perfect. I'll just follow him home. So I was following him, following him. I thought this is brilliant. And then at this stage, it's probably about 45 minutes that I've been driving and I still wasn't home. And just remember, it took me 30 minutes to get to the city, so it probably should take the same. And I thought, what is going on? Where is my brother going? So I thought, what I'll do is I'll speed up beside him, as in when I say speed up, just like get to the speed limit, I wouldn't go over. So I I sped up to the speed limit, pulled up beside him, put my window down just to ask him very nicely, where are you going? And as I did that, I realised, as you can probably think right now, that's not my brother. (laughs) So I've been following this car for maybe 20, 25 minutes. You'd think that I would have noticed, because he has personalised number plates, that it wasn't, but I did forget to check that. I just saw the same car and I thought I'd follow. And so I ask you that tonight. Who are you following and what are you following? What is dictating what you think about, what you say, and what you do? I often find a good way to think of it for myself is what is occupying my thoughts? So I ask you tonight, what is occupying your thoughts? Because normally what is occupying our thoughts and heart will dictate where we go, what we do, and what we say. Tonight, um, as Matt mentioned, we're actually going to be looking at Mark. Um, We're starting this series and we're looking at Mark chapter 1. I really encourage you to go and read it. There's so many things in it. And I'm just focusing on one thing tonight. So I'm going to read to you from Mark 1, um, from verse 14 to 20. So feel free to grab it out on your phone, but it's also going to come up. And then we're going to read this same story from Luke. Um, Same account, same story, but just a different account. We're just going to look at it from a different perspective. So we're going to read. 
After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Get this, at once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So now I'm going to read that same story from a different account from Luke 5, 1 to 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little further from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Then they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came, filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. And I wanna say too, for, for these guys, this was their occupation. This was their job. They weren't just going fishing that we might go fishing for just a bit of fun because we're a bit bored and we want something to do. This was their job. This was so important to them. They were pursuing their career. They were occupied with what they believed they needed and what would give them life. So when they met Jesus and encountered him, they realized he was the way, the truth and the life and they needed him. They repented. They didn't wanna keep doing things their way. They realized that he was love, that he is peace and actually the answer to life. They had to repent and leave their nets. I'm gonna say this a few times tonight, leaving their nets and, and that's their way of life. They were leaving, it wasn't just the physical nets, they were leaving their way of life and they followed him. And sometimes we use words um, that sometimes I think to myself, oh, what does that mean again? So I wanna just share with you tonight, repentance. Maybe you've heard the word repent, maybe you've heard repentance. Repentance is a prerequisite for experiencing the reign of God in our lives. Repentance comes first, and then we experience the reign of God in our life. So what is repentance? Repentance is to be remorseful for our way of living, to realize that our way is not right, to change one's mind, to turn to God. I do believe we have a defining moment of repentance and commitment to Jesus where we believe and know that our sin is dealt with and we become children of God. And that is such a special and powerful moment. And I say that because of John 1 verse 9. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we confess, we are forgiven. But I also believe in that commitment, that time that we repent, we are also saying that we want the Lord to be the Lord of our life. And I believe that we are confessing that when we find areas in our life where we are not following Jesus, we will turn for them, drop our net and follow Him. It's actually a continual process. And I say that because of Hebrews 12, verse one to two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So maybe for you tonight, you have confessed and you've asked Jesus into your life. That is such a beautiful thing. That is so powerful. But maybe for you, you're not experiencing the freedom and life in God. Maybe people talk about that and you say, I don't know. So you just keep confessing and confessing and keep asking God to save you. Maybe for you, you're not actually having that faith that no, 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 I have. God has forgiven me. I've been set free. So that is the reality. But you are saved and He has forgiven you and now He wants you to follow Him with everything, to constantly leave your life of sin, leave anything that is distracting you from Jesus, leave anything that is hindering you from Him. You are saved and now He's calling you to follow Him with everything. Don't sit in your sin. That's where darkness is. But He's saying, leave those things behind, follow me. There's a super powerful story in Mark chapter two, verse 14, when um, Matthew, a tax collector, follows Jesus. And I don't know if any of you have watched The Chosen. It's an amazing TV series um, that they've made around the life of Jesus. And for me personally, it's been so encouraging um, to see these scenes, these Bible stories that we read and being able to see them and say, well, that's how Jesus acted in that situation. They were the words he said. They were the things that he did. And there's this really powerful scene in one of these episodes where Jesus walks past Matthew and we read this in the Word of God. Jesus walks past Matthew and he's in his tax booth and he says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew is stunned at the time that Jesus knows his name and that Jesus is asking him to follow Jesus. And Jesus says it again, Matthew, follow me. And the part that is amazing is Matthew without hesitation leaves his booth and follows Jesus. See, Matthew had seen Jesus. He'd seen his way of life. He saw the difference and he knew he wanted and needed to follow Jesus. As I was preparing this message this week, I thought it was actually a really great opportunity to chat to people, um, some of my friends and different people and hear their story. What was it like for them to follow Jesus? What was it like to leave everything behind? And, and what does that look like for them on a daily basis, on a weekly basis? And as I chatted to someone, they told me that they were, they were raised in a Christian family. That their parents were following Jesus with everything. And for them as a teenager, they heard that Jesus loved them. And they actually didn't doubt that. They knew that. And a lot of the times it moved them to tears. They knew that God could forgive them of their sins. But for them, they'd be brought to tears because they knew in that moment they weren't ready to follow Jesus with everything. For them, the things that were holding them back were friendships, and their lifestyle. 
they thought to themselves, I don't have any Christian friends. I don't know what it would be like to have Christian friends. I don't know, I don't have any and I don't know any people my age that are Christian, so I don't know what that looks like. And the other part was my lifestyle doesn't line up with someone that would be following Jesus. So because of those things, they thought, and they knew, and it actually made them sad, but they thought, I can't follow you, Jesus, with everything. And as they reflect now, they didn't think it at the time, but as they reflect now, they realise that what it was for them at that time is they didn't realise that Jesus was enough for them to actually give up those things. For them, they thought that those things would give them life. So that's why they clung to those things. But then it's amazing now to talk to this person many years later, and they said that for them, this same opportunity came up. No longer were they a teenager, but this same thing came up for them. And they thought to themselves, I don't have Christian friends. I don't know what that would look like and I don't have a Christian lifestyle. But this time they said, but Jesus, I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna trust that you will show me how these things look. And they don't regret that. This defining moment where they said, I'm gonna put those things aside because they realised that neither of those things gave them life. So they said, no, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you with everything. And then it was really encouraging chatting to someone else who hadn't been raised in a Christian family And they said for them, they came into church, they were invited and lyrics um, in a song in worship that just hit them was, Jesus, let your love take hold. And for them in that moment, that was the defining moment to commit to Jesus to say, I'm gonna follow you. But I was so encouraged that they said that, you know, that was the moment for them. But then they said, it's been a constant humbling process. They walk following Jesus. They said it's been a constant humbling process of realising that they don't need to cling to the things that they believe will offer peace, security and joy, but letting Jesus' love take hold. And I love that. It is. It's a humbling process to say, I actually don't know how to live life. I actually don't know what leads to life, but I know that you do, so I'm going to follow you. And then as I reflected for my own life personally, I thought about for myself, it was when I was four that I decided, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. I left everything behind as a four-year-old. Not that really you have anything, but I decided, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna leave everything behind. And that was actually a really defining moment for me. I still remember that. But as I look at different times in my life where I started to hang on to that net again, I started to hang on to things that I thought would give me life. And then actually letting go of that and saying, no, 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 Jesus, I'm gonna put those things aside. I'm gonna follow you. One of those moments for me was in year eight, being on switch camp and we were standing around in a circle and one of the leaders said, we were praying at the time, said, if you wanna take a step forward into the circle to say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you with everything. You have an opportunity. And I remember my heart was beating. I knew that Jesus was calling me and I had this decision to make. And the thing that was slightly holding me back was my brother's mates were there and I wanted to be really cool to them. Not that they probably thought I was cool anyway, but I thought, oh, I want them to think I'm cool. Will they think I'm cool if I do this? I don't know. And then I saw my friends around me and I thought, oh, I don't know if I should do it. But I remember that moment being like, no, I actually got to put that aside. I got to put my image aside and I'm going to take this step. And I remember that was a really defining moment for me. And then looking at then high school in the same way of times of, holding on to friendships or different things. And then Jesus saying, no, that friendship isn't actually helping you to follow me. It's actually a bit of a distraction. I need you to let go of that. Even at university, when my friends found out I was a Christian, I remember when they asked me a question, I had this decision. Am I gonna tell them I'm a Christian or not? And it was this, it's like, no, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. And then if I'm being completely honest, as I've 
preparing this message this week, it was actually so challenging for me to think, well, Jesus, what am I holding on to today? What am I holding on to right now? And for me, it was actually realising that the way I think actually isn't resembling someone who would follow Jesus. That for me, as a bit of an overthinker, there are things that I go, hey, Jesus doesn't want that for me. And I'm holding on to things and trying to control my life in my head and I need to let go of that. And it means not dissecting every conversation after a social event. It means not mulling over the words that I said or someone else said. It's actually not living by the deadlines of university or living by the deadlines of work. Those things aren't occupying my mind all the time and leading the things that I do. It was actually so humbling to say, Jesus, I actually don't know how to think. And it was really hard to come to that and say, Jesus, I need you to teach me how to think. I don't know what to be thinking about when I wake up, during the day, when I go to sleep. Like, what do you want me to think about? He says in his word to think about things that honour him, things that glorify him. But I'm in this moment of thinking, what does that look like? And that's for me right now that Jesus is teaching me that. That was this week. It was so cool hearing the testimonies tonight and Samara saying, it was actually her words, that she was letting go of fear. I'm no longer gonna hold to fear anymore. But she decided that she was gonna let that go. And that was a declaration. And then hearing Tiffany talk in the same way of, of saying, I actually wanna see things that how God sees things, not just how I see, but how God sees things. And how different is that? And then as she shared there about anxiety, saying that she's no longer a slave to anxiety, that though she struggles with that and those struggles come up, she's realising that she can actually let go of that. And that's gonna be a continual process of when those feelings, those, emotionals, those emotions come up to say, I don't need to hold on to this right now. And that's a journey when we follow Jesus, He shows us that. So I believe for myself personally that I repented of my sins many years ago realising that Jesus was the way, the truth and the life, realising that my way didn't lead to life. I knew that Jesus was amazing and I wanted to follow him. But I also believe that God calls us to live with a repentant heart, to be aware that if there are any areas in our life where we need him, that we drop our net and we follow him. Any areas of our life that we are clinging on to so hard. So I ask you tonight, have you decided to follow Jesus? Or what is holding you back? And if we are following something else other than Jesus with all our heart, I think that often it can be because we are believing that that thing that we are being occupied with will satisfy us or give us life. I'm just gonna share that again. If we are following something else other than Jesus with all our heart, the things that are occupying our thoughts, it is because we are believing that that thing that we're being occupied with will satisfy us or give us life, that we are believing that lie and we're not following Jesus with all our heart. So maybe for you tonight, I'm just gonna list a few things, but I know that Jesus is speaking to us individually. There's something that he's laying on your heart right now. Maybe for you it is to open it up and say, Jesus, what are areas of my life? I believe this is for every single one of us. Maybe for you, it's friendships. Maybe for you, the thing that is occupying your mind is to, to have an amazing friendship, to have an amazing friendship group or that that is the thing that consumes you and it's letting go of that. 
Maybe for you, it's the fear of the unknown. Just as I shared the story before about saying, I don't know what it would look like if I followed you, Jesus. I don't know how this area of my life, this area of my life and that area, how would that look if I followed Jesus? But it's saying, I'm gonna let that go and I'm just gonna trust you, Jesus. Maybe for you, it was a bit like me and it's your image. It's like, well, what will people think of me if they now know that I'm following Jesus with everything? You think, well, they know this about me and for them, maybe they might make fun of me or maybe this will confuse them or... But we need to let go of that. Let go of that net. Maybe for you, there's not enough information. Maybe you want to know so much about all different things around faith. And for you, you're thinking, no, I'm only going to follow you, Jesus, when I know everything. And maybe tonight it's about saying, okay, I'm going to let that go. Maybe for you, it's work. It's the work situation that you want or it's the work environment that you're in. Maybe it's the workplace. I don't know what that could look like. Maybe for you, it's security, it's financial security, it's, and it just governs you. It occupies your thoughts. Maybe for you, it's dreams that you've had since a child, and you think to yourself, I just want to live out these dreams, and they are the things that take over your mind. Maybe for you, it's a relationship, and that can be so hard, but maybe for you, you're thinking, I am going to follow, and I'm going to make sure I get in a relationship, whether that's dating, whether that's marriage, whatever that is but actually saying, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you because you are the way. Being in a relationship isn't what is gonna give me life. Being married isn't what is gonna give me life. Following you is gonna give me life. And maybe that's really hard for you tonight to let go of, to say, Jesus, I'm actually gonna let go of that and I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna put that beside. And you might ask yourself tonight, as I listed those things, why am I believing these things and why am I following them rather than Jesus? When I list them like that, sometimes you, you, you could hear that and think, man, what am I doing? Like, that seems so silly. Why am I following that rather than Jesus? But I know there's many reasons for that, but I know for me personally, it's been because I've seen others either with these things or having these things or experiencing these things and we almost fantasize their life and we think, wow, those things must be what gives them joy and happiness. But we're believing a lie because only Jesus offers true joy and peace because Jesus is really the only truth, the only way and the only life. And as I finish up tonight, I want us to just quickly look at Simon's life, also known as Peter. I shared with you at the start about Simon and that he left his net. It's an incredible story where he leaves his net, follows Jesus. But this is also the same guy that denied Jesus three times when he was going to the cross. And in that moment, he was not following Jesus wholeheartedly. But we see that Jesus dies, rises again, and dies to the power of sin. And Jesus used Peter to start the church. Peter followed Jesus and left everything behind. Maybe that's what you needed to hear tonight. Maybe you remember a time like Peter where you did drop your net and follow Jesus and you left everything behind, but maybe you started to hang on to your net again. Maybe you are not following Jesus with everything. Maybe you have been sidetracked. Maybe there is a lie that you are believing. That if you cling on to this thing, if you pursue it with all your heart, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have life. And maybe that's a question for you tonight. What is it that I'm holding on to? But let us be encouraged by the life of Peter.
that though he denied Jesus, the power of sin had no hold on him because of the love and grace of God, he followed Jesus with everything. And we had that same invitation. So tonight I'm just about to pray, but we actually have an opportunity to repent, to turn away from your sin, to drop your net and to follow Jesus. And what I have is I just have a net down the front. And in this response, you can come down and hold on to that net and say to Jesus, I believe He's speaking to you. And for you, it might be saying, I'm releasing this to you. I'm gonna let go and I'm gonna follow you. And just in that of dropping the net and saying, Jesus, I'm following you. So you can do that in the song. And there's gonna be people as you do that, people to your left and to your right. And that's the beauty of church. We are actually the community of believers. We are family here together. For you, it is individually to follow Jesus, but as a community, we are following Jesus together. And that's the encouragement that we all have things that we need to let go of and to follow Him. And that is a continual process that we're constantly having a repentant heart to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you with everything. But I'm also aware that maybe for tonight, maybe tonight this is your first time to say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. And that is such a special moment. And you come down tonight and you respond in this way, but make sure you grab one of us. We have so many Bible packs down the front. We'd love to give you a Bible pack. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to chat to you about that because that is the greatest decision that you will ever make. So as you come forward tonight, I encourage you. It was so cool hearing Samara and Tiffany's testimony. And I know for them, being baptised, it would have been a time where they had to drop their net and say, Jesus, I'm gonna get baptised. I'm gonna follow you and I know that this is what you are calling me to. Baptism is so special. You are publicly declaring that you are leaving everything behind to follow Jesus. So maybe Jesus has been telling you to get baptised, but for you, there's so many things that are coming to your mind and I understand that. It is a big step, but Jesus is saying, let go of those things, drop your net and follow me with everything. And there are so many different things that Jesus might be laying on your heart. So I encourage you to respond tonight. We're gonna be responding individually, but there's gonna be people beside us. It's actually a corporate response. So I'm gonna pray, the band are gonna lead us. And I just really encourage you to say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? It's so cool. He speaks to us individually. So let me pray. Dear me, Father, we thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are calling us by name to follow you, Jesus, every single one of us. But Lord, I pray that we would drop our net and we would follow you. Speak to us right now. What is it that we're holding on to? Lord, you have a life for us. You have freedom. So I pray, Lord, that in this song that we would, we would listen to you and we would be obedient. But thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you want us to follow you. That is your heart. It's your idea. In your name we pray, amen. I invite you to stand on your feet and to come down to respond. Don't let these moments go away. To come down, to hold that net, 
tell God what that thing is. He knows, but it is a, it's a moment to say, God, I'm responding. I'm following you. Maybe for you, it's even walking down the front is the scariest thing ever. Because you think, what's this person gonna think? What's this person? And I understand that, but listen to Jesus and follow Him with everything. Let's worship. Someone said to me after the 4 p.m. service this great quote, and uh, um, the, the quote is, who you are following determines where you go. And uh, I think that was a profound story that Ty shared at the start, where he thought he was following his brother, but he was going to, to the wrong place. He wasn't going where he wanted to go. And uh, I think maybe a lot of us here tonight are thinking so much in our lives, where am I going? Where am I going? You know, what am I... What am I, what's my future? And we have five-year plans and we have all these ideas and things. But who you are following will determine where you go. Who you are following. And so I wanna ask you here tonight to, to maybe not ask the question, where are you going? But to ask the question, who am I following? And this is what James 4, 13 to 15 says. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. 
Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. You see, what that verse is saying is, um, let's not ask where we're going, what we're doing. Let's ask who are we following? Who are we following? And tonight I just get a sense that Jesus, you know, it's almost like Ty, there he is following his, brother, his brother's car and then Jesus's car just drives up alongside. And the call of Christ is to say, start following me. I don't know about you, but I wanna go where Jesus is going. Don't you wanna go where He's going? He's got the life, He knows where to go. I don't know where to go. Let's ask who are we following, not where are we going? So we're gonna sing one more song, but I wanna encourage you to continue to respond and to lay down the, the, the following of whatever that is that you're following at the moment or saying, hey, where am I going? I've gotta get my life sorted out and just say, I'm gonna follow Jesus, whatever it looks like. It's about who we're following. So let's sing this song. And if you wanna receive prayer, there's gonna be people down the front who can pray with you in that. Uh, Let's continue to respond to God now.
thank you. Thank you that mercy triumphs over judgment. At one point, there we were, we, we were on the wrong track, following what, following ourselves, going to a direction of death, and yet you came alongside, you came near. In your mercy, you came and you said, this is the path, this is the way to go, so that we might be able to follow you, to drop our nets and to go after, go after you and being obedient to you, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, I am really, uh, this is important, Father, this is important. There's people here tonight who are healing, he hearing you call them. And I pray, God, that they wouldn't delay it. They wouldn't delay it, Lord. They need to repent. So Father, I just pray for those people right now. Uh, and it's for the first time, some for the first time, and they think I've never followed Jesus until now. I just really pray, Lord, please help them. Help them, God, in this moment to know that You are the way, You are the truth, You are the life, and that You lead us on beautiful paths of righteousness. We wanna go where You are going, Jesus Christ. So thank You for this powerful message to us tonight that encourages us however long we've been journeying with You, God, to keep following, to keep laying down our nets and saying yes to You. And we seek to do that this week. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen. Hey, please be seated. So wonderful to have you with us here at Bridgie tonight. If you did want more prayer about a specific situation, feel free to turn to the person next to you or someone you know, or you can also come down the front and someone would love to pray with you here. We're gonna go to dinner now, but God bless you and we'll see you uh, this week or next.